screams from the darkness. Twisted and tortured souls reaching out from the great beyond. The dark tide of humanity on the rise and the unseen damage taking place between the realms of life and death. For centuries, we've been fascinated with reaching out through the veil to commune with the spirit realm, find proof of the afterlife. But are we causing a destructive butterfly effect in doing so? Dark energy seems to be on the rise. People are feeling pulled to explore further than ever before between the living and the dead. But the question is, at what cost? Tonight, let's discuss the realities and ramifications of this search. When is chasing death too much? And have we already gone too far? The, ve the veil is, is there. And although we're all interested in it tonight, I encourage each of you to take just a strand and help me as we unravel the veil right here on the Paranormal 60. Good evening, my darklings, and welcome to my realm. This is the Paranormal 60, a place that I want you to feel safe to come to, a place where we can examine concepts, constructs, and beliefs and deconstruct them. Try to understand the things that draw us together, the commonalities between us, and the distractions we share. I'm going to be honest with you. Tonight's a weird show. No guest, just me. Just me and your comments as the show progresses. I guess I'd start by saying that your old pal Darkness Dave is having a crisis of faith. A faith in the things that he thought he knew. I've never claimed to be an expert, nor have I ever claimed to know the answers. I'm always adjusting, educating, learning, trying to grasp concepts that, let's face it, are far beyond the ken of most of our abilities. But maybe that's an unfair statement to make. Maybe that's part of the problem, is that we aren't giving ourselves as humanity enough credit for how truly incredible we are and the things that we're capable of. I hear science examining concepts like the matrix and big brains like Neil deGrasse Tyson saying that he believes that we are in some form of matrix. Other scientists talking about the fact that they believe that we may be some kind of artificial intelligent construct that's gone awry an experiment where the makers have either lost control or lost interest. Either way, it's kind of distressing. 
We want answers to the great unknown. We travel to sky, we travel to sea, we go as far as we can physically push ourselves. And in those moments where sometimes we're closer to death, we never feel more alive. What a weird dichotomy. I sit back and I examine the last 18 years of my life. And like a butterfly effect, I see doors and windows opening further back. A passion and interest in the paranormal that's always been there. A small fire, an ember burning and smoldering that from time to time catches a blaze and burns bright. But then there are days like today where that fire slowly lowers and the embers pop and hiss and the raging flame goes from the the reds and oranges to more of a calming blue. I spent a weekend in North Carolina investigating claims of the paranormal on a battleship. Definitely had encounters. Saw things, heard things, doppelganger effects. Things that we cannot currently in our current state fully understand nor explain. Talking with a medium friend of mine off air before the show, she made a comment about being interested in what I'll talk about tonight because she doesn't believe that, as I understand it, the veil is true a construct. There is no veil. I believe there is. I believe there's a veil that we put over our own minds and that we allow others dominion over us to keep that veil there. Because sometimes it's more frightening to realize that we are capable of more because then that means we have to shoulder more. We need to step up into these moments, into these abilities. Life and death are the same side or the two sides of the same razor blade, right? There's just a minute, thin sliver of cold steel that separates the two sides. But we can't really understand what death is. I mean, there's a lot of people spouting off about what death is. And it's interesting, right? When you sit back and you watch and you see people with abilities and skills far beyond those of mortal men that are able to traverse the universes, the the veils, to speak to the dead, their guides, higher consciousness, the universe, the earth. And none of them can even agree on what's truly going on. And some of them are assured that they are the right ones. And this is no attack for my mediumistic friends that are in chat or watching or listening to this podcast at a further time. This is not an attack on you. It's, a, it's an observation. We become set in a way because we know what we know, what we know, what we know. I've watched the frustration in the face of friends like Chip Coffee and Chris Fleming, Michelle Welsh, Cindy Kaza, my friend Paranormal Sarah, 
so many people with these amazing abilities, each one believing their concept is correct. But each one vastly different with one commonality that they're getting information from something, from somewhere. Are we all truly capable of it? Right? The old saying goes, hey, we can all sing, just not all of us can sing well. That's a heartbreak of mine. Little secret about your old pal, Darkness Dave. The one job I want in life is to be a lounge singer. To just be able to go swinging and singing and have a great night in a piano bar. But God did not give me the gift of a singing voice. And on some nights, barely a speaking voice. Or is that what I've told myself and I've made myself believe? Because putting myself out there would be even more frightening. Maybe. Looking at death on the whole, the concept of no longer existing has been the bane of my existence. And I wonder if I could take every minute back of my life where I've spent fearing death, fearing the end, and I could put them together back to back to back to back to back. How many years of life would I truly have back? If I took all the moments I've spent in cold, dank prison cells in the bottoms of forgotten ships in the basements of asylums, former institutions, seeking an answer to something that is always elusive and always just slips through my fingers like sands through the hourglass. If I put all those moments back together, how much more living could I have had? Are we going too far in our quest and knowledge to understand what comes next. You know, the Bible tells us, for those of you that are religious, to just be in the present, to be here now, to enjoy and live life now, because this is all that matters. Does that tell us something? That maybe what comes next is not nearly as important as what we have in front of us? Whether you're an AI construct or a true physical being, the now is the most important, isn't it? Half of what we search for in this field is closure with those we've lost. Trying to rationalize and make sense of saying goodbye to someone we weren't ready to say goodbye to. I'm conflicted in my own heart and soul over my mother because I... I sat at her bedside as I watched her fade into the great beyond. And I whispered to her, it's okay, mom, you can let go. You've done your job. You've helped children around the world heal and find themselves again after tragic injuries at Shriners Children's Hospital. You've helped your son to become a man, to become a husband and a father and a grandfather. I know that you're not in a good place. Your body is failing you. Your mind is beginning to fail you. And you're holding on for, I believe, all the wrong reasons. It'll hurt, but it's okay to say goodbye. 
And I feel guilt over that, as I'm sure many of you do. Making that decision to say goodbye. And then we scramble and want it back like a bad breakup. Wishing we could drunk dial our loved ones in, in heaven just to remind them how much we love them and how sorry we are for all the stupid things we've done. But how much damage are we doing to ourselves and to the other side by constantly shaking that wall, by screaming through the portals of time and space to try to get the attention of that that has gone before us? I've said it on the show before, but it's it bears repeating, I believe. Think of the hauntings that we all encounter right now. What kind of hauntings are they? Where is the time frame most situated? It's right at that kind of turn of the century from the 19th to the 20th century. Late 1800s to the early 1900s, when spiritualism was at an apex, when people around the world were losing friends and lovers and brothers and sisters in war and famine and depression and and they wanted answers and they reached out did we rupture the time space continuum by focusing so much misery so much grief into one pocket area that it tore open that element of life that we may be actually impacting and affecting the past or allowing that passed into our future? I know some of these are heady concepts, but think along with me. And i watching in chat, and I see many different conversations taking place that have nothing to do with this conversation, which again makes me wonder, does anybody listen? Does anybody think beyond what we've been shown on TV? Maybe we don't want to. Maybe we don't want to face reality. We don't want to face questions that put our actions under a microscope. Nobody does, really, right? Because we're all afraid of what might be seen. I've been looking under a microscope a lot lately. And I don't always like what I see. But I have anxiety. I deal with depression. I deal with life crippling imposter syndrome. And then I wonder how much of that is me, how much of it is me now, or how much of it is allowing the past to influence and affect the present. Again, it all comes back to this moment, this moment that we're sharing at this exact place in space and time. Whether you're listening from the future into this past episode, or you're listening live with me now, or perhaps you've just signed on, the show's going on, but you're still 10 minutes behind this point. Where's your focus? If we ruptured things by calling it forth, by begging for it to make its presence known, is it our responsibility to put the genie back in the bottle? And how do we go about doing that? I'm starting to think maybe there's more to us that the things we encounter are echoes and reflections of the mind construct. They become part of the AI lexicon that we as a collective consciousness build. 
We go to old hospitals, old prisons, old places, old brothels, places of despair and anguish. There's no doubt that there's psychic scars left behind, that there's pain and blood, sweat and tears. But how much of it is active, intelligent energy and how much of it is our projections and our cumulative consciousness creating an avatar of misery? We get what we expect. Angry ghosts, get out, leave, help me. Because that's what we expect to hear. It's friends with Mark and Debbie Constantino. For those of you that never got a chance to meet them, I'm sorry. For those of you that did, you know what a blessing you could be. How talented they were at being able to communicate with the dead. Their life became so focused on communicating with the dead that I believe they forgot how to communicate with each other. I don't talk about it often because it hurts and it's uncomfortable. But we should not keep shrugging places of discomfort for places of ease. For real growth and understanding comes from facing those uncomfortable moments and pushing past them. Mark and Debbie spent so much time trying to understand the death of a child and understand their place in this universe and understand what comes next that they lost sight of what was important. And it drove a wedge between them. Many people want to blame the dark side, the demons, the supernatural attachments. Sure. But was it the attachments and demons of their own baggage, of their own lives that took them down? We want a horned villain to point our finger at. When really the horned villain is just what we've put out to the universe as a way we portray ourselves or portray the thoughts of others. Mark and Debbie loved communicating with the dead. They loved the spotlight of people in awe of the abilities and the way that they were able to become conduits so much so that I believe in a sense that they were just projecting much of it onto recorders from themselves, not in a hoaxing way, not at all. But I believe that we get so wrapped up in what we're doing in our belief systems that we sometimes overlook what might be more of the reality. And does clinging to the dead and begging them forth, is that healthy for them? Is that what you want for you? Is it that you want loved ones calling you forth or calling you back? And do you want strangers walking around in your old house, chanting, right? Inciting you to come back. What are they giving life to? Is it truly you? Or is it giving life to a scar? A scar is something we have, but it doesn't represent us. Right? But picking the scar, poking the scar creates pain, creates an effect. 
and something comes forth from it when we do that, right? And then we become infected, and maybe that's what we do. We infect ourselves with this want and desire to know more instead of embracing the knowledge that we do have. I'm all for exploring how we can evolve humanity. And I listen to stories of aliens and Bigfoot and cryptids and higher conscious beings who say, oh, all the answers will come together when you can come together. And for years, I've laughed at that. I've scoffed and I've thought, geez, these aliens are dumber than we are. We're a bunch of knuckle dragon monkeys in the universe. We can't get along with anybody. We can't get along with the Russians, the Chinese, the Japanese, our neighbors, our family, our friends. When somebody that we think we love and care about excels, kind of hold it against them. That's who we are. We need to learn to evolve past that. How are we ever going to make true contact if the aliens are waiting for us to come together? Well, it's an evolutionary process, Dave. Bigfoot is hoping that we're all going to just clean up our act and pick up dirt and and not pollute the, the waterways. And well, that ain't going to happen. Humanity is lost. We need to find our way again. We need to find a way to come together, but maybe not in such a maudlin way. And I could see the effect a conversation like this has as I watch listeners join and drop out in dozens. Some of it's stream of consciousness, some of it's rambling old fool, I guess, but some of it is just truly wanting answers. Unraveling. Pardon me, unraveling the veil, the construct that we put before us that limits us in our capacity to see more clearly ourselves and what lies in front of us or perhaps even behind us. We spend so much time focused on two areas of our lives that we cannot control that we miss so much of what's going on in the here and now. That's weird, isn't it? I don't have answers. Tonight's a a night of questions. And I hope that some of the questions make you reevaluate your ideas on some of these things. Not that I'm trying to push people out of the paranormal field or challenging people to quit. I want you to understand why you do what you do. Give it more thought than, boy, it sure looks cool. Man, would I love to get knocked down by a ghost. That's what I hear from people around the world. I saw that episode of Holzer Files. When you flew backwards in that bathroom, you split your back open. Man, I wish I could have an experience like that. Why? Because I've never had that. Well, I've never had gonorrhea, but I don't want that. That's no excuse. I want it because I've never had it. And I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming you for wanting. I understand where the actual nugget of that comes from. I understand that it comes from wanting an experience that makes you feel alive. Because as I said at the beginning of this conversation, we're never more alive than when we're closing in on death and we're interacting with death. Right? What a weird, weird dichotomy. Just a weird world. 
religion pushes us in one direction that these are things we shouldn't question. And maybe there's a good reason for it. Maybe because we don't need to change and follow all these little strands and strings and try to understand. Obviously, we do need to evolve as humanity and we do need to push boundaries and ask questions. That's good. But maybe it's hyper-focus on these moments that are not so good. You know? What do they say? You can't make an omelet without breaking the egg. What is the line? Where do we draw that line? When do we stop focusing on the dead and focus on living? I wonder if we focused more on the living, if the dead would embrace us and celebrate us. The day of the dead, I'd try to say it in Spanish, but I'll butcher it and I don't want to do that. What an amazing concept to celebrate the ones that have gone before us, not to bring them forward, not to make them come back to us, but to celebrate them. Is that what we do when we go to these places? Are we celebrating? Is it a celebration of the afterlife? Maybe if we focus it, maybe that's why some ghosts don't make themselves known because we're all such maudlin, morbid goofballs, right? All the ghosts are on the side going, Jesus, how did I die? Did it hurt to die? What was it like to die? What's wrong with these people? Ask me what it was like to live. Ask me what it was like to be alive at this time. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's where our focus needs to turn is to engaging the dead for what they are, a continuation of life, right? That's what the mediums tell us. We don't really die. Energy doesn't die, Dave. It doesn't just stop. It just transmutes and transfigures and turns into a different form of energy. Science cannot pinpoint where consciousness lives or exists. It's not necessarily in the physical being, but Dave, I can look through my eyes and see, or are you looking through the viewmaster of my skull and seeing what I see through my eyes? Hmm, consciousness, where are you when we need answers? But science has no better grasp of what we're going through. And I talk to scientists and I talk to doctors and doctors who on the front will tell you this is nonsense. There's no God. There's no afterlife. There's nothing. Yet they pray over their selves every morning that they can get through and that they can save these patients. Well, if they're not praying to God or the universe or Donny Osmond, who are they praying to? Maybe to their own consciousness, to their own higher self, to their own being, to their own God consciousness to come into contact with that element. And maybe we do need to come into that contact a little bit more often by giving ourselves. And again, this isn't a um, rah-rah humanity, boo religion, not at all. And again, I'm poor at, at quoting the Bible, but right. I mean, even Jesus said that all the things I do, you can do as well. Maybe that's just because he had belief in himself. I talk about uh, a friend of mine from high school, Phil Spazzeri, grade school and high school. I love this kid. Little Italian kid. Reminded me of a white prince, like the musician. (laughs) Phil was in school one day, and uh, just this little 
powder keg of a kid, right? Half my height. Good looking kid. Took care of himself. Did gymnastics. Did uh, uh, martial arts. One day he's talking to the really good looking cheerleader in school. When coming through the hall like a John Hughes movie comes the thick neck dope that decides he's going to mix it up with Phil Spazzeri. What are you doing talking to my girlfriend? Well, she looks like she's perfectly capable to tell me to go away, and we seem to be having a good conversation. This guy just got more and more mad at the arrogance, the ego of this little man, little man syndrome, Napoleon syndrome, and he just kept getting more and more agitated and irritated, and Phil got cooler and smoother. He was like the Fonz. And finally, this guy confronts him and he says, why are you so conceited? What makes you so conceited? And Phil looked at him and said, hey, buddy, I'm not conceited. Far from it. Since I was a small child, I've been told how good looking I am. What an amazing artist I am. What a great singer and musician I am. How fantastic I am at gymnastics. How great I am at martial arts. My friend, I am not conceited. I'm convinced. What a great attitude, man. And the guy just stopped and shocked. And he looked at him and he said, and maybe if you were a little bit more convinced in how great you were, you wouldn't be so intimidated by me talking to your girlfriend. Because there's nothing going on other than two people that share a class talking about class. And on that, Phil spun around and walked off casually, leaving a bunch of hothead smoking skull football players to sit there and brew. But I learned that lesson. I took that lesson back then. I was like, God dang it, that's amazing. I'm not conceited. I'm convinced. Maybe we all need to be a little bit more convinced. But Dave, I didn't have somebody telling me every day, then you be that somebody. You're here for a reason. You're listening for a reason. You watch these paranormal shows for a reason. It's because you want more than you have. You deserve more than you have. You deserve answers but you hold yourself back because sometimes the answers are scary. Let's just put this out there. When we die, there is nothing. It is blackness. It is unconsciousness. You will not see your loved ones. You will not see your pets. You will not see your favorite people. It will just stop. Like the flame on a candle going out. Well, geez, Dave, that's dark. Right, but once we can face that that's the worst that could happen is that we just don't know and we don't exist anymore. Okay, that's the worst that could happen. Now walk it back. Now, now that we can get over that fear, that incessant nagging at us of what comes next, maybe we can start to evolve consciously. Our hearts can open, our minds can open, and they can stop being shielded by our fears and by the things that control and constrict and confine us. It allows us to elevate to the next level. And that's where real change begins to take place. In opening ourselves up, getting past those fears, facing the things. But Dave, I don't have that guy telling me how great I am every day. I don't have that person telling me how amazing I am. Then you be that person. Because you deserve it. And there's no reason you can't do it. And you could sit here and look me in the eye right now and give me a hundred reasons and they're all bullshit. 
because you are responsible for you. You are responsible to take that next step for yourself. Nobody's going to do it. Nobody's going to reach out and take the hand and drag you over the finish line. So you do it. And you know what? When you start pulling yourself into the winner's ring, there's going to be more people there cheering you on. Believe it or not, right now in the darkness of it all, it's hard to imagine. But that's because we just can't see over the horizon. We just can't see what's coming next until we get there. And we don't get there until we make those moves. That means opening up your heart and opening up your mind, giving up on the pettiness, giving up on the greed, giving up on the lust and anger and resentment. Forgive, not for the others. Don't forgive what happened to you from the others, but do it for you. You deserve that forgiveness. That's the veil that we deal with. The veil is our own constricting, holding our own parameters that we've set for ourselves. And until you say enough, they will remain in place. I do believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. I've seen the magic. I've seen things sparkle and take place because I put them there, because I believed them into existence. Does that mean I'm magic? No. Does it mean I'm a dark Sith, Lord Darth Schrader? <laughs> Probably. There is that choice. But I do believe that once you start to embrace the magic, you embrace the you, you embrace these abilities, you will see things, you will understand things, you will become more than what you have ever been before. And you deserve it. I wouldn't waste my time talking to you if you didn't deserve it because I don't waste my time with losers. So all of you watching right now, all of you listening right now matter because I say you matter. So if you say you don't have somebody in your court, bullshit, I'm in your court. I believe in you because you're here. You've made a commitment to be here, to ask questions, to listen and become friends. Look at that side scroll. Maybe it's over on this side. A few are looking. I can't tell which way the computer tells you. How many of you knew the other people in this room before this show began? How many of you look forward to seeing those people every Monday and Wednesday night? How many of you are now planning on meeting and hanging out at conventions or events and becoming more than what you are now by becoming friends with these people in the real world? That's evolution. We're all having the evolution. You're right, Michelle Welch. There is no veil. The veil is our own construct. The thinning of the veil is the moments we start to lean into belief and then pull back because, well, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm going to face judgment? Does that mean that I have to look myself in the face at the end of time and understand that all the things I did wrong are going to come back to me and I'm going to be reminded of them? That's scary. That's what I've told you. My hell is going to be standing there reliving every minute for every moment I've hurt somebody's feelings to live through their lives, to see how that dirty, shitty thing I said affected their lives and how it hurt them. But you know what? I think my heaven's going to be seeing through the eyes of every person I stopped and reached my hand back to help come forward with me. 
that's the heavenly reward. I don't do it for that purpose, but I do it to try to make the movie in front of me a lot better than the movie behind me. We're all fallible. We've all made mistakes, but we are not defined by the mistakes that we have lived through. Those are hiccups in the road. You have to have mistakes in order to know how to get better. I've faced those things. I've faced the stupidity and the the rude comments and the things that I've said and not realizing how the context of what I said hurts one person when other people don't notice it and then dismissing them because, hey, we all said it. That was just a, a saying in the 80s. That doesn't mean it's okay now, right? So we have to take awareness. We have to be conscious of what we do and how we do. And that is the beginning of evolution. That is how we all begin to awaken. And there's a hundred monkey rule, right? Once that hundred monkey figures out how to use that tool, suddenly monkeys around the world, monkeys that cannot speak to one another, see each other, work with one another, begin to use a tool in the same way. And maybe if we wake up enough minds together tonight and every day of our lives, this consciousness will awaken in others, even those that don't want to see it. Because the storm of change will beat down that door in their heart and in their head, and it will open up. How do I know this? Because we've all had similar thoughts at similar times, ideas. How many of you have sat back and said, I I totally had that as an idea. I should have acted on it. That guy's a millionaire now. You're right. You should have acted on it. Now let's act on it. There are some people who have acted on things. They've started their own business and they've asked me to run ads for them. And that's how I make my living. So let's do that. We're going to take just a quick break. We're going to visit with a few friends, hear some cool things that are going on, and then we're going to come back and have more conversation. And I want to see your thoughts on these points. And if you have questions, things you want to push back on, We don't have to be best friends to have a discussion. We can be okay disagreeing. And I'll take what you have to say and I'll open up to it. And I hope that you'll all do the same. So stay tuned. We've got more to discuss right here on the Paranormal 60. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However... There are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com P60. 
It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on. And if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. Betterhelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Innovation, creation, vitality, and joy are the pulse of mysoultopia.com with many custom creations for the mind, body, and spirit, along with classes, intuitive sessions, coaching, and healing energies. MySoulTopia.com strives to bring sophistication with a twist to the metaphysical and the holistic market, while raising the community's vibration and channeling the new paradigm, which means new and exciting adventures for all. MySoulTopia.com is utopia for your soul. Visit MySoulTopia.com, your one-stop shop for all your metaphysical needs. Offering hand-selected crystals and crystal jewelry with prices to fit every budget. MySoulTopia.com offers the best selections of tarot and divination cards by top designers. Expertly curated and award-winning book collections from top authors on every subject you'll need on your spiritual journey. My Soultopia is also proud to offer the finest singing bowls and an eclectic collection of the most amazing gemstones, crystals, and crystal jewelry from the top metaphysical designers in the world. MySoultopia.com is always your one-stop shop for award-winning mixes of Florida water, sage spray, and other spiritual protection. So begin your journey with the best resource, MySoulTopia.com. That's MySoulTopia.com. Why mess with the rest when you can start with the best? MySoulTopia.com. Again, that's M-Y-S-O-U-L-T-O-P-I-A.com. Haunted Magazine is a publication dedicated to all things paranormal and spooky. Each issue features articles, interviews, and stories about ghosts, hauntings, and other unexplained phenomena. The magazine also covers topics such as cryptozoology, UFOs, and other aspects of the supernatural. Expect to find in-depth investigations of haunted locations, first-hand accounts of ghostly encounters, and reports of paranormal events and attractions. The magazine also includes features on the latest ghost hunting technology and techniques, as well as tips for those looking to search the supernatural on their own. Issue 37, The Frights of Spring, will be in stores from March 6. So remember, don't be normal. Be paranormal, and order your copy, today. Are you like so many others, coming into abilities that you don't understand, and unsure where to safely begin this journey of exploration? Well, award-winning psychic and medium Michelle Welch has the answers. Michelle Welch is the author of the award-winning book, The Magic of Connection. Stop cutting cords and learn to transform negative energy to live an empowered life. In this book, you'll learn how spirituality and intuition can help you heal your inner wounds while staying connected to the people that you love. Author Michelle Wells shows you how to work with the energies that connect all people. 
and you'll learn to transform and transmute negative energy in ways that support your personal spiritual journey and help you reach a more powerful and meaningful life. In her newest book, Spirits Unveiled, a fresh perspective on angels, guides, ghosts, and more, Michelle teaches you how to identify and deal with the spiritual energy around you every day. Each chapter features a specific kind of spirit and teaches you how to sense its presence, identify and connect with it, and set the boundaries you may need, all while demystifying the process and making it easy and accessible to everyone from the beginner to the expert. You'll learn how to understand elementals, connect with an ascended master, protect against psychic attacks, astral travel, and more. Providing meditations, visualizations, and inspiring stories, this book helps boost your intuition and spiritual experience. Unleash the real you. Get the books, The Magic of Connection, Stop Cutting Cords and Learn to Transform Negative Energy to Live an Empowered Life, and Spirits Unveiled, a fresh perspective on angels, guides, ghosts, and more. Buy them now wherever you purchase your books or by using the link on today's program guide. Life is confusing enough. Why not make it easier with award-winning help from Michelle Welch? Go out there, challenge your paradigms. Go and see speakers, learn, educate, inform yourselves. We're going to be having a fun time this weekend at the Pop-Up Paracon Midwest Paranormal Conference taking place at the Woodstock Opera House. There are very few tickets that still remain for this. You are going to want to make sure that you can come on out and be a part of it. Dave Schrader from the Holzer Files and the Ghost of Devil's Perch were going to be there. So is Shane Pittman from Holzer Files and 28 Days Haunted. Chris Fleming from every other paranormal show under the sun is going to be there. So many other great speakers. And we're going to be talking about science. We're going to be talking about cryptids. We're going to be talking about UFOs, Mothman, ghosts, spirits, and so much more. And I hope you'll come and enlighten yourselves and broaden your horizons. Meet new friends and reach outside your comfort zone. Because that's where learning and that's where the next evolution begins. I want to share something with you. And I want you to read this to yourself in your head for those of you watching. For those of you listening, it's a beautiful little meme photograph of a person in a yoga position with their hands in a prayer form and their mind on fire with the planetary system surrounding their head as it spins around. And it says, be mindful of your self-talk. It's a conversation with the universe. Be mindful of your self-talk, Ray Lancashire, who says out loud and in typing, I am my own worst enemy. Well, turn that around, Ray, and give yourself a hug and say you are your own best friend. You're not your own worst enemy. No longer. Give that up. It's time to move past that. Okay? I want you to move past that. I want all of you to move past that. But it's hard. I know it's hard. I know it's tough. I'm 55 years old and I'm still fighting it every day, but I keep doing it. I keep taking the steps to keep moving forward because the other option is not an option, right? So let's evolve together. Let's create this crazy little cult community, the new branch Davidians. What do you say? Who's willing to follow me? All you have to do is give me all your worldly possessions throw them in a bucket. I promise to give them to the needy 
my kids, and then we can all live together and I'll just repopulate the earth one person at a time, man, woman, I don't care. That is my new cult leader status. For those of you just listening, I'm smirking. I don't want you to think that this is just rhetoric. This is a way of life. This is something that you can achieve, that we can achieve, but we have to stop limiting ourselves. The answers to what comes next are not as important as the answers to what can I do now? And I want to challenge each and every one of you to stop and think for a second. Think to yourself on the worst day you've ever had when you stopped and you noticed somebody else in dismay and you took yourself out of your mind and helped somebody else. How did that make you feel? How did that alter your perceptions and change the world, even if just for five minutes? When you see the teller at the bank with the shoulders slumped and the hangdog face because it's been a rough day and you just say, hey, I want you to know you're doing a great job and I appreciate you being here today and watch them change and become part of the evolution. You all have that ability. You're not your own worst enemy and you can be the best friend to everyone else out there. Even the people that you don't believe in and don't believe in the same things as you. It's okay. You want that next evolution? You want the aliens and cryptids knocking on our door, ready to break bread and make s'mores and sing songs? You have it in you. I know I started off our conversation bleak, making it sound like, oh, are we, are we really there? We are there. I know we're there. I know we can get further. I want you to come with me. I want you to see the evolution of this conversation tonight, that we can go from one mindset into another mindset. We can see beyond the limitations of the life in front of us. And if we are AI, let's start acting like the intelligence part of AI. Let's start taking back the matrix. We don't have to bend backwards and fight Mr. Smith. We have to fight ourselves. We have to rectify the bad data that's been entered. We have to purge that. We have to put in place a new spyware protector that you set in place. And that spyware protector says, you're good enough. You're okay. You're going to be okay. And that the cracks and the chips and the dings in your paint, they're not the defining element of who and what you are. Do you understand that? Because once you understand that and you realize you're speaking to the universe, you're not just speaking to some innocuous God, to some giant black void. When you speak, you're speaking to all of us and we're going to hear you. And when you start projecting that, people are going to say, she's not conceited. She's convinced. And I'm convinced because she's convinced. That's how all these lunatics come to power. Right? Well, Dave, what if I become a lunatic? Don't worry, you're already there. We're all lunatics in our own way, but how do we go forward with it? Right? So let's do this. Let's challenge one another tonight. And whether you're listening later on or not, I challenge you, write to me. Send me a list. Put it in writing tonight. Three things that you know you're going to change about yourself in spite of what everybody else believes. Because when I get those things, I'm going to pray over them for you. 
this is sounding all Benny Hinn all of a sudden, but I'm going to do that. I, I believe in the power of prayer and I believe in the power of consciousness. And I believe that when we come together for good things, good things happen. So send me those things and I'll pray for you that you get each and every one of those things and that you do it in an evolutionary way with an open heart and open mind. Dave at Paranormal60.com. You have my guarantee I will pray over each and every one of those. When you reach out to me, I used to think it was really weird that people reached out to me for prayer and healing requests. I got it to throw it up on my website. I understand that. But some people said, no, I want this private, but I just want you to pray for me. I thought, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm not a priest. I'm not a preacher. But because I'm convinced it works, they want that on their side. And that's when it hit me. That's when I realized, oh, this is an honor given to me. This is not a, oh, another job. And when I get letters from you and I get messages from you and I see your posts on social media, you haven't asked me to pray for you, but you've asked social media to do it. I put my hand on my screen and I say a prayer for each and every one of you every time I see it. And every prayer request I post for you, I pray along and I pray that it works. And we've seen miracles. That's how I know there's a greater good. That's how I know that we can be more than who we are right now. You just have to allow it. You have to give yourself permission to become part of that wheel, part of that flow, part of that river of dreams that does exist. The dead are around us. They're never far away because they're a part of who we are. I think a lot of mediums even get confused as to what they're truly communicating with. Is it God? Is it angels? Is it Seth? Is it Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job? Or is it your conscious Rolodex able to tap in to somebody else's and flip through it and read that information that's, that's there for the taking? You just are listening. God gives us two ears and one mouth for an important reason, right? Speak half as much as you listen. That's an important lesson. We have the abilities to become better. Each and every one of you. Even those of you that are fighting addiction. I believe in you. Each and every one of you fighting the, the want and desire to just die now and give up. I believe in you. And all these people are believing in you as well. They're all with me right now. Can we get an amen, a string of amens? Whether you're religious or not, amen is just a sign that, yes, we're going to work together on this. We're going to come together on this. We're going to make a difference together on this. Right? Because if we can start off with this group of two, 250, 300 people that are lot watching live from the sources I can see and the thousands that listen later, that is power. Not my power. It's our power to share, to make a difference. And then every day make a difference and then start listening to the universe for answers. Start listening to the spirits that are there. And I believe you'll get the words that you want and you'll hear the things you need to hear and you'll get the guidance that's always been there. 
like I said, when I had my awakenings, when I was at my lowest point, as I sat there in my basement bedroom after trying to kill myself, shooting a gun, what pulled the trigger two, three times, and it would not go off. It would crack, but nothing happened, and the bullet was in the chamber. Jesus, I can't even kill myself right. Unbelievable. What a failure. I put that gun away. I went downstairs, and I turned on the stereo because music. And I didn't hear what was being played or said. I knew the song. I heard the music, but I was still so deep in my head that it took that song coming on about seven, eight, nine, ten times before I heard the song and I felt the hands release from my ears and I got out of my way and I heard words that spoke to me, words that told me, you're not alone, man. You're not in this by yourself. You're not the only one to feel this way. And if I can make it, you can make it. And I don't know that he knew he was doing that. You know that the song Dancing in the Dark was the last song that he wrote for that album and he did it reluctantly. His manager, John Landau, told him, you need one more song, Bruce. One more song. We need one more hit. How weird. It's a hit. It's a song about depression. It's a song about questioning everything you are and your place in the world. But through the song... The haze lifts, just like for me, the hands moved off of my ears. Some of you are probably tired of this story, but I'm going to keep telling it because there's always somebody new that needs to hear it. And in the moment I felt the worst, in the moment I felt that I was unworthy and that I was the only person in the world that had ever felt this kind of pain, I heard the words of Bruce Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark. And I heard him challenge and question everything about his life, where he lived, how he lived, what he did, his looks, his clothes, everything. So despondent, so dark. But then he stops and he takes the measure of what he is. And he says, you can't start a fire sitting around crying with a broken heart because there's no action in that. You can't start a fire worrying about your little world falling apart, right? You need to get up and make an action. Get up and do something in those moments when you feel the most trapped and alone. Because I listened that day, and I'm here 50 years later. Almost 50 years exactly. Isn't that crazy? Because I let myself listen and I let myself get out of my own way and I let myself hear the words of others that came before me. And I realized that the measure of a man is not the many times they fall down, but how many times they get back up. And it sounds corny and Rocky Balboa said it beautifully in the last movie he did of Rocky Balboa, but damn it, it's true. I believe people that see spirits and demons and see aliens and interdimensional beings and Bigfoot. I don't believe you're crazy. I believe that in that one moment, you're not in your own head and it allows you to see the miraculous. 
you remove your veil. And in those moments, in those moments of what if, that's when we transform. That's when the magic slips through, right? I've said this before. It's those moments in between living that we need to really hyper-focus on because it's interesting, right? In those moments when we're not in our own way, we have some of the most profound experiences of our life. We're not worried about our bills. We're not worried about our car or our house. We're just worried about that beautiful new baby that was born and all the potential and possibilities. And we don't weep because we fear the future. We weep because we rejoice in the possibility of future. we got to find that again. But Dave, I'm not a parent. How can I get to that point? We all know that we get to that point. Even if we're not parents, there's something that lights us up, something that gives us faith. Find it. Mine is music. Mine is children. Mine is this. I am where I am because this is where I need to be. Oh, what a great thought, isn't it? I am where I am because this is where I need to be. I'm alive because that gun didn't go off. I'm alive and I shared my story for the last 18 years. And one of the best gifts I've ever gotten are the emails from you telling me how it helped you. So some look at me as weak. Some look at me as broken. Some look at me as the guy who's always talking about this. I will take that from the handful of you that are miserable cusses that don't understand why I would open up and let that part of myself be shown because there have been hundreds that have reached out to me to tell me it matters. So I am exactly where I need to be right now. And so are you. Right? And if you embrace that feeling, it's so much better than what am I doing here? <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to see the forest for the trees, man. You're so close up on something. It's impossible to understand what you're looking at. That's when you take a couple steps back and take a deep breath and you start to see the picture come into position. You, you start to see and your eyes fill in all those massive gaps that you couldn't see because you were so hyper-focused on one thing. You know, when I watch my mediumistic friends open up and truly make a connection and make a connection for somebody and make them whole again, or at least push the pieces that were missing of the puzzle back towards them so they can put them where they belong, I can see the change in those friends. And what's heartbreaking to me is some of those friends are in dark places in their own lives because they put so much energy in helping others, they forget to help themselves. Well, your rewards will be great one day, I'm sure of it. But remember, it's okay to take care of you. I give you permission. Your old pal Dave, well, what does that mean? I don't know, you tune in twice a week to listen to me, so obviously I have some sway in your life. <laughs> so if your old pal Dave says, then let's at least use that as a starting block, right? Because I bet I'm not the only one. Send me your thoughts. Send me your ideas. Send me the things that you want to change. Give me three of them. Just three. I'm not going to ask you for an overwhelming amount. And you don't have to get all deep. Nobody else is going to see these. 
I just want you to tell me three things you want to change, three things you're going to do that are going to make your life better so that you can start to evolve and have the life that you deserve. And I'll pray over them for you. And I'll ask each and every one of you listening and watching right now to just say a silent prayer for everybody that needs it and everybody that reaches out. They won't know what you've sent. They won't know your ideas. But together, collectively, as a consciousness, we can help and fortify one another. I'm going to turn my gaze to the chat. If you have questions, if you have thoughts, if you have something that you need to share uh, or want to challenge me on, maybe you just think, God, this guy is full of nonsense. He's completely crazy. Call me out on it. Why? Why do you feel that I'm completely crazy? Why do you think none of this makes any sense? I'm open to ideas. I want to hear what your thoughts are. There's a good one. Look, our friend Captain Nina, right? Nina Johnson. She needs a kidney donor. She needs one now. She's got two lovely children and an amazing husband and a crazy little dog. And she needs our prayers. And she needs our good thoughts and our positivity. So please keep Nina in your thoughts, your positivity, your light work, your energy work, whatever you've got, send it to our friend Nina. Go outside of yourself and focus on helping a friend, a friend in need. Right? Magic will happen, I promise. I love that theory. Thank you, Paranormal Pixie. Wrapping up everyone in golden light. This sounds like such nonsense. What a bunch of tree-hugging hippies. Here's the thought, right? What if an apple a day really does keep the the doctor away? What if giving good thoughts and intentions to other people is the seed of fruit of change? Did it cost you anything? No. Did spending 30 seconds of your day focused on good thoughts to somebody else hurt you in any way, shape, or form? Well, nobody did it for me. So what? Get out of your own way. So what? Nobody did it for you. Maybe it's because you've got such a wall up. And once you start to break through that wall by sending good things out to other people, that wall will come down and you will start to receive the things that you have been missing because your wall has been much too high for much too long. Ah, good grief. What else have we got going on here? We're ghost hunters, not tree huggers. That's true. We are a little bit of all of this. <sighs> Paranormal 60, I give you more than I promise, right? Over-deliver every episode. Sometimes 64 minutes, sometimes 74 minutes, sometimes 104 minutes. But none of it is ever a chore. Every minute I share with you people I love, and every minute that you give to me is a gift, and I thank you. And long after I'm dead and this little box survives on the internet, there will be people that find us and find our conversations. And I hope that they see that some people can come together from different walks of life, different races, different religions, different sexualities. And it doesn't matter because when we're here, we're family. I hope Vin Diesel doesn't sue me for that. That sounds like a fast and the furious thing, doesn't it? I'm older, Vin. You'll have to sue me and prove that I didn't think of that first. Be kind to yourself and be kind to others. If you want to truly have paranormal experiences in your life, that's how you begin. Show empathy and love and compassion, not just for the ghosts that you go hunting, 
but for the people that are around you every day. And even in the face of adversity, when it is the hardest to be loving, do it anyway. Be better than the sum of your parts. Because your parts may be flayed open right now and banged up and bruised. But you're still here, which means there's still life, hope, and spark in you. Okay? And for those of you that are listening right now, that are having your own crisis of faith, please know that your life is worth living. And at my few steps in life where I've questioned that and I've almost ended my life, I look at all the amazing things I've seen and done and the people whose lives I've touched and have touched my life. All of that would be for naught had that bullet gone. Right? So when it seems bleak and you feel alone, I promise you you're not. I promise you're not. Now, though, I can't answer every phone call and I can't be there for each and every one of you physically to give you a hug. I will do my best when I see you at live events or in the grocery store or at the gas station. Just give me a few seconds to snap into day of mode when you approach me. And the best way to do that is just say, Dave Schrader. I need a hug. All right. I'm going to end on this tonight. Making changes is not easy. The reward is well worth it. That I know. I know. I've been there. I've walked these steps. I face challenges every day. Right? Just like you. Well, but you're on TV and you do this and you do that. Don't give me more credit than you think I've got. I'm just like all of you. I struggle day to day to make the bills, to do the right thing, to be in the right place, to be in the right mindset. And I fail every day, but I don't quit and neither should you. And never assume that because I can come on here and talk that I'm having it easier. Never assume that the people that are strong have it easier. Okay? Don't assume that and then think that gives you an excuse to to do something you'll regret. Because we all are carrying scars from our past. Right? But let's not trauma bond. Let's not make it all about our miseries. Let's start to celebrate each other's triumphs and the good things that are going on and the happy moments. As fleeting as some of them may be, hold on to them for dear life and make the very best of those moments and share those moments in other ways just by smiling at somebody, giving a compliment, giving help to somebody, even when you're not in the mood, it will change you. You can't fight it when you do good and you reach past yourself. It will change you. And then the magic begins. And the more you'll see things and the more you'll understand things and the more your consciousness will grow and connect with others and you will be able to look in the eyes of friends and know. Okay? Sounds like hippy-dippy huggery stuff. Sure is. Isn't that exciting? It's a much better future and a much better idea than 
not. Right? We have to push ourselves every morning, every day. Let's get started that way. Positive thoughts. Affirmations? Jesus, isn't this 1980s and 90s stuff? How come all those guys that pushed affirmations are still wealthy? Do you ever wonder about that? Maybe because they're not conceited, they're convinced. It's time you start being convinced. I'll be back on Wednesday where I'm convinced they'll be drinking, they'll be fun, they'll be laughter amongst friends, and you are part of our family. And I hope that you'll be here with us. And if you can't be here live, I hope that you'll enjoy the show in whatever form you're able to check out and and, uh, visit with us in. And uh, please, rate and review the show. Help me out by exposing the show to more and more people. And just know that wherever you are, whoever you are, Darkness Dave loves you. Have a good night. And thank you for joining me here on my Paranormal 60. Be convinced, true believers, because I am. I believe in you. Have a good night.